0: My interest lies actually in one of the paintings you purchased.
1: As you continue to parse through, you stumble across one that catches your eye. The scene is unfamiliar. You see on the back is the word meeting.
2: Mr.
0: Smoot, if you could just hold the Smoot until we get dry at the- least... I, I gotta get all the Smoot out now. Once I'm in there, I gotta be more Charles.
1: Please take this down to the Merchants Guild for me immediately. I need this delivered.
0: I'll make haste.
3: Venivir, <laughs> there.
2: Huntsman?
1: It is not the Huntsman that called your name. You decide to follow along with these men who seem to be sort of mugging you, I guess. Is the question question
0: kidnapping him?
1: Kidnapping you? Who knows? Welcome back, foundlings, to another episode of The Gate Chronicles. This is Chronicle 1, Chapter 48. And I am your game master and host for this series, session, and episode. As always, my name is Emily, and today, as always, I am joined at the table by...
0: Thus, me being Quentin Ott, who plays... Charles Smoot, 57 year old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York, blending flawlessly into an upper crust society.
2: And Finnevere Avere. Uh, and hi, my name is Jaden. I'll be playing Finnevere Avere, a bard, merchant, and soon to be expert of getting mugged. Yeah, abductee.
1: Abductee. Well, it seems a long awaited meeting was foretold in a mysterious painting held by Randall Godsworn. And now. Charles Smoot has a new mission. Meanwhile, Finnevere found the temporary abode of John, Xavier, and Cece, collecting bits of evidence and clues that might lead him to their whereabouts. But as the days grow shorter, so too does the party's time frame find what they are looking for. Finnevere Veer.
2: Oh, this is far less happy than last episode. He wouldn't have let the abduction go through if it sounded like this. Oh, yeah, maybe.
1: So, Finnevere Veer, you find yourself in a nice carriage of sorts though the window that you are sitting nearby appears to be, well bars (laughs) and as you found yourself riding to the city you could peer out the window and you saw that you actually left the city and now for at least the past hour you have been riding in this carriage alongside with the man who was holding the dagger to your side. He currently sits by the door. But as you're riding through this most recent area, the sweet scent of an orchard fills your nostrils. As you're riding through the countryside, though it is most certainly soured by your transport with the bald man seated by your only exit, and once again you find yourself only able to stare out the wooden bars of the window to your left, this feels somehow familiar, due to recent circumstances of, well, imprisonment. It seems that any means of escape is improbable, and heavily discouraged, as he scowls at you every time you even glance in his direction.
2: Well, I do appreciate the lift. It would be uh, <clears throat> helpful to know what our, uh, our anonymous benefactor, uh, 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 who our uh, anonymous benefactor may be. At very least, uh, what he may want of me. I know I'm, uh, known for my skills, but perhaps I'm not, uh, what he's looking for. Or she, I do not want to presume.
3: Shut up! He
1: just kind of, like, kicks your boot. You could attempt to roll diplomacy if you'd like, though. To try and get some more information out of him.
2: Oh, you know, I'm sure this isn't a cakewalk for everyone. Everyone, you know, has their own troubles. I'm sure you have yours.
1: While you are conversing with this gentleman trying to get him to be buttered up, really, very little information comes from his lips other than the fact that his name is Vlasic and that, well, you learn that a man of a great importance is
3: just looking to meet with you, sir.
2: Oh, should have started with that.
3: Can't be too careful nowadays.
2: Agreed. Someone could just pick you up off the streets.
1: He chuckles at that. What? When we arrive, mind your manners and listen to everything he tells you. Unless you want to
2: lose your head. Understood.
1: And as he says that, the carriage comes to a stop just outside of a large manor. classic quickly steps out from the carriage, opening up the door, gesturing for you with his dagger to come down yourself.
2: Ah, oh, Thank you, no need for that, I assure you. I'm likely more interested to meet him than he is me.
1: He gestures for you still, waiting for you to get oh, out. Oh, no, no
2: I'd, I'd definitely go.
1: Okay. Vlasic takes his hand and places it on your shoulder, pushing you towards the front entrance of this estate. You see that the building is very large with columns holding up a balcony overhead, which you can spy a large round window and make a perception check for me really quick as well.
2: Alrighty. Uh, That would be a 28.
1: You see the silhouette of a man standing within this window, though it is hard to catch much details due to the way the light is refracting off of the window. But... You notice the distinct scent of sweet wine lingering in the air. But you have very little time to notice much else beyond the line of trees that you were driving by. You just see that you are being shoved up a set of stairs and into the interior of this mansion. And with barely a glance down the hall, your escort rushes you forward up a set of stairs and down a long stretch... You barely notice the paintings on the wall or the expensive-looking ceramics on pedestals as you're rushed by and through a set of double doors into a well-furnished office. You are promptly forced into a cushioned seat, and your only view is of a sturdy wooden desk and the backside of a man staring out the window you noticed from below.
2: I'll give him time to speak first before I...
1: As Vlasic quickly exits from the room, the gentleman peeks over his shoulder at you. And after a brief moment of silence, he slowly begins to turn towards you, observing you as much as you are of him. He is an older man, with very few streaks of his dark hair remaining. He appears tired and worn from years of worry, with deep brown lines etched into his features, In a similar fashion to Valen's father, though slightly older fashioned, he wears a green jacket and a deep brown undershirt, which is neatly tucked under his belt. Though you have never met this man before, something about him seems quite familiar. He walks over to his desk and seems to lean against the front of it, looking you up and down. And you both sit in silence for a good while. Well,
2: then. Uh, You seem to know so much about me. Uh, Finnevere, Aver. To whom may I be uh, speaking, I
0: suppose? uh...
1: You see a slight smirk. form on his face. (laughs) Well, it seems it would be true, dear lad. And he just takes in a deep breath. I am Morpheus Asher. And we, my dear boy, are blood relation.
2: Are we now? I'll say with a intentionally puzzled look.
1: Okay. Yes. After all, I am your grandfather.
2: Is the Asher name remotely familiar to Finn?
1: You remember hearing the name Asher from Poply several months ago. Something about a Baron Asher, in fact.
2: Well, I was once told there was a resemblance between us. I suppose this is a, a joyous occasion, a reunion of sorts.
1: He smiles, and you see a little bit of his teeth showing in this smile. Beth, of course, a reunion. Tell me, my boy, what brings you to town?
2: Well, that's a long and complicated tale, but uh, the short version, if that's what you're looking for... Is um uh, here on a delivery quest with the seekers.
1: He seems to scowl slightly as you say that.
2: Uh, there wasn't much of a in way of option in to travel around and learn what there is about the world. It seemed to be the best I had, so I took it.
1: He just looks at you and listens before asking his next question. And where have you been all these years? Boy.
2: Well, after I lost Mother and became separated from Father, I found myself in a place called Tabor for many years. I lucked into a bit of an arrangement of free rent.
1: So that's where she hid you then.
2: I wouldn't exactly call that hiding. But have you heard anything of Mother or Father?
1: He scowls. Of course I know where your mother is. Though your father,
3: he's been missing for the past 20 years.
2: Well, this is fantastic news. I'm so glad that we we came to each other's company. Uh, where is Mother? I've asked about so many times, and people would come through the village, but, uh, no one even had a clue. Not even the remotest idea. It seems that the world's a big place. Ah.
1: Yes, well, I will tell you, Finicus. There is only so much that we can do, but I will tell
3: Um, you. uh,
2: Finnegas? What, a endeared title?
3: That is your name, boy. Whatever the severe stuff you've been
1: told is a lie. But I'm not surprised. You're right told that by
3: that harlot.
2: Excuse me? I know my mother to be a woman of noble character. And you seem to have ideas of the contrary.
1: He... Gets up from where he's leaning and walks around the other side of his desk and takes a seat, placing his arms on the table Then, seeming to place his fingers gently in a very thoughtful manner. Finavia, as you call yourself, in reality you are Finnicus Asher. That woman that you call your mother? She wasn't, she was your nanny, and she absconded with you into the night and hid you away from your true family. He gets back up from the table and begins to walk around to the other side of you, placing a hand on your shoulder as he does. This is where you belong, Finnicus. And then he stands in front of you, sort of squatting down to your level, looking you in the eyes before a sigh escapes from his lips.
2: Uh, t- uh, Finn is, like, really struggling here there's a whole world view starting to come down and compress uh uh you seem to know an awful lot How, how's it that you know i'm uh, this uh, finnicus asher uh perhaps is it possible that you have me confused with someone else
3: i would
1: never confuse my own blood he stands back up again sighing i'm old and tired then a kiss i have no heir, and you are the last hope that i have to pass down this family name if you should so consider it i'm sure your mother would love to see you again
2: man I, in and out of game i think i can appreciate the shrewdness here uh, there is something impressive about a man who knows how to get what he wants and this man knows very well this is a this is an experienced negotiator what would you have of me?
1: He smiles as he turns back to you. For you to become the heir of this estate, Finnegus. It's time to shed the Avir name. Become who you were meant to be. You were never an Aver. You have always been an Asher. Through and through.
2: This is all so sudden. Ah. If you might, I, ha- uh, maybe I could ask, uh, where have you been all this time? I have scarce little memories of when I was young, uh, taken off to the woods when, uh, gosh, this was probably somewhere around six. Uh, I can scarcely recall it's been so long.
3: He laughs. <laughs> Renechus, your mother went to the tower to give birth to you in a private setting.
1: She wanted to raise you away from the busy life of the merchants so you would have a free childhood. And then when you were of the right age, you would return to us. Especially after your father abandoned her.
2: There's so much. I I have so many questions. Uh, This is... I've been looking for answers for so long. So, the woman that took me away was my nanny, but I have a real mother?
1: He laughs. Yes. Your nanny took you from your mother, ran with you through the woods, and then... She hid you somewhere. And of course, to keep us off of you. For some unknown reason, this woman decided to separate you from your family, Finavir. She faked your death, child.
2: Then, if I could ask, uh, who is my mother?
1: You wish to know her name? Yes. Your mother's name is Lissandra.
2: And the woman that cared for me?
1: Lilia Veer.
2: I've always appreciated the of the family business. It's something I dreamt of much. This is... Uh, everything I had... always wanted. Ah, for the most part, anyway. There's a, a lot to... a lot to grasp here.
1: Of course, of course, my dear boy. He walks over and places both of his hands on either side of your shoulder. But you're home now. And you have been found... Oh, um. No more wandering in the world and feeling like there is no place for you to belong. You belong here, Finnegus. Become my heir. Carry on the Asher name. I will train you in the ways of merchanting. You will take over the vineyards and the wineries.
2: Uh, forgive me. <laughs> You're
0: fine. You, you you, do you. This is literally everything your character's been looking for. Uh, it, it is. It is as if
2: a genie came to me. I must tie my loose ends. Ah, this is good. This is very good. It is good, Finnicus. Thank you, Grandfather. I must uh, uh, take care of things, uh, cut some loose ends. This is this is amazing news. I c- I'll take care of what I need to and... We will, we will begin anew. This is fantastic. This is the best day of my life. I think.
1: Roll a perception check.
2: Sure. 21.
1: As you say, sort of mumbling to yourself your thoughts and voicing them out loud, you look up at him and you catch this sort of dark smile on his face, which quickly just fades into a softer, gentler smile as he leans down and gives you a hug. This feeling of family that you have not had in a very long time. The sensation just washes over you. An identity, knowing who you are, then a kiss.
2: Uh, I'll embrace him in return uh, after a hesitation. And whisper softly, kiss, Asher. How did you know to find me?
1: He stands up from hugging you once again and sort of just gently brushes himself off a little bit, straightening out his clothing. I had heard your name, Inavir of Veer, murmured through some of my connections. And then my sister reached out to me. Of course. The Ashes pockets run deep, and so do their informants. Finnicus, you have opened up a whole new world for yourself. But of course, I shall give you time to tie up your loose ends, as you say, my dear boy.
2: But of course. Well, if things go well, the bulk of them should be finished up by tonight, I would think. I should return here, I suppose.
1: He looks at you and thinks for a moment. No rush, my boy. If you need time, take a day. Get everything you need in order. And when you are ready to return in the morrow, then you shall see your mother again.
2: Uh, Thank you, Morpheus. Uh, Grandfather.
1: He chuckles at that correction. It will take some getting used to, of course.
2: Uh, I suppose it will yeah in equal parts like nervousness and anxiousness and uh, I, I suppose I must be off uh, Could I perhaps be ferried back to town uh, it's a bit of a long walk
1: of course, my boy blasik will take you there and I shall have him come and pick you up you can meet him nearby the front gate of Senai uh,
2: that sounds good to me all right uh, I'll return to the carriage okay. Uh, I, I'd like to have Finn as he, he goes up to Velasic, and uh, he'll go up and like elbow him a bit. It's like, oh, Threatened me with a good time. You had me nervous there for a bit.
3: All right, well, whatever you say, kid. I'm Ready to go?
1: Ah, oh, but of course. You see, as the two other men who uh, ushered you into the carriage are actually sitting on top of the driver's seat, Velasic gestures for you to get inside.
2: I'll get inside. It's a good day.
1: It's a great day.
2: Maybe the best day ever.
1: And you go and sit next to the window once again, staring out through the wooden bars that once held you prisoner. Now, it seems that you found yourself in a safe little space and you begin making your way back to Senai. So, Charles Smoot.
0: That's me. I
1: wasn't planning on you having downtime. I'm going <laughs> gi- to give you a brief moment to just say basically what you're going to be doing and then we'll move onward.
0: All he wanted to do, particularly, was check on Cerulean to make sure Cerulean is well and has not forgotten his dear master. Uh, and then he would uh, query the servant to figure out if there is a highly talented and renowned blacksmith.
1: You go to the stable which Valen described. And actually, Reyes gives you a better description of since Valen failed to do so. It is a massive stable. Very, very lovely. There's a large plot of land for these various creatures to run about. Most of them are Aquentians, uh who seem to be getting the royal treatment. Additionally, getting royal treatment is your elk. Cerulean is a bit taller now. You see his nubs are coming in even more, so you think it's probably going to be a few more, maybe two and a half months before he is big enough to be ridden.
0: Charles Smoot would give him a big hug. Oh, Valen was right. It does look like you're in heaven. Oh, well, I'm glad you're enjoying your time here. Unfortunately, we can't stay in the lap of luxury forever, but oh, that's a good boy. Well, you stay here. Daddy's got a few more errands to run, and I'll be back to pick you up later. And Smoot will after, uh, talking with Reyes, uh, regarding Blacksmith would eventually be on his way.
1: Okay. So, as you were speaking with Reyes, asking about one of the finest blacksmiths, he looks at you. Why do you not ask
3: the Lord Grey?
0: Uh, are, you, are, you are you referring to Valen, or...
3: Lord Byron, of course, uh. sir.
0: Okay, uh, is he knowledgeable about the blacksmiths, specifically?
3: (laughs) My
1: dear sir, Lord Byron is in charge of a number of the
3: blacksmiths in the city, creating new weapons at least once or twice a year.
0: Oh wow, okay, maybe that is the man I need to talk to. Oh gosh.
3: Yes, the Greys are quite apt with their military prowess.
1: They're often employed by the king himself.
0: Uh, and, and what time did this, uh, family get-together happen to happen at?
1: I believe it'll be occurring this afternoon.
0: Uh, okay. Well, maybe I'll mention something at the to get-together then. Well, thank you for now, Reyes. Uh, I'll be on my way, and I suppose I'll meet you back in the manor. Uh, actually, uh, just a moment, Reyes. I was wondering, uh... Wanted to do some sightseeing while I was in town, and I was told I should check out the uh, the Shrine of Tribes. Do you know where that is?
3: Oh, <laughs> of
0: course,
1: sir. Uh. And he gestures, and he points. Just below the peak of the mountain, and a little bit below the observatory, in height, you see, as he gestures, to what appear to be billowing large like canvas drapes kind of like they're in the air you see them building over a small ridge
0: oh oh goodness wow i did not expect to be all the way up there again
1: (laughs) most people do not make their way there though it would have been a popular tourist site if it had been easy to traverse
0: is it not accessible from the left
3: (laughs) my good sir no it is a pilgrimage to make
0: Ah, I see. Well then, definitely a sight to behold and something to say that you've accomplished. Well, thank you, Reyes. I'll probably be on my way. Um, couldn't you, for me, uh, take this back oh, well, to, to, and put it in where I was staying last night? And I would hand him the box of ore. As I was carrying with me, expecting to go to a blacksmith, but apparently as I will now be speaking to Lord Byron... I will hold that for another time.
4: You
1: hand him back the box, and it kind of, like, rattles a little bit. He looks at it a little quizzically, but then bows. As you wish, sir.
0: Thank you. And hopefully I will be in attendance for this evening's get-together.
1: He nods. Smoot will nod. begins to walk away.
0: As will Smoot, as he's going to spend as much time as necessary at the Trine of Tribes, making his way up all of the stairs.
1: I'll have you know, the walk up the stairs is about 40 minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a lot of stairs. So,
1: Charles Smoot, it takes you some time to navigate through the city and find your way to the Shrine of Tribes, at least the base of the stairs. As you get there, you see there is a man who is standing there. Sort of guarding the entrance in a way he's leaning against a staff that he has situated on his right side and he seems to just be observing the area but you see the first step is a very rocky uneven stair they're large in width but there's a lot of them and you look up and you see them climbing up the side of the mountain there is no railing to protect you there are wider parts but it will be a journey to be sure
0: Felsmoot will uh, attempt to make his way up as he has been advised to head to the Shrine of Tribes and and in passing the guard he'd be like hey I guess don't fall right
1: he chuckles good luck sir
0: thank you surprisingly one of the easier things I've probably done in my life
1: he looks mildly concerned as you say that
0: Oh, yeah, you don't want to know.
1: Actually, I do. <laughs> As you start walking up, you
0: Ah, kind of... oh, decapitated a frog, killed a dragon.
1: Okay, so you spend, like, the next ten minutes conversing with this man. Yeah. Uh, you learn that his name is Zadrius Bloodmay. And he uh, regales you with his relatively less eventful uh, situation.
0: Yeah, watching stairs can't be all that exciting, can it?
1: Yeah. Of course, there's very few visitors up there anymore anyway. Oh, so recently Uh, we had some interesting stuff happen up there apparently someone desecrated the shrine
0: desecrated how so what did they do
1: well there were etchings carved in one of the stones some kids probably messing around a bit main issue though is it's carved into the stone so there's no way of removing it i reported to the clergy they came and checked it out said nothing to be done just keep an eye out for any other troublemakers might desecrate the place they said and address gestures in between you and pointing out a group of teenagers that are roughhousing nearby. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Though in my opinion, it doesn't really take away from the place. I actually think it adds an air of mysticism. Maybe I'll, uh, I could start some rumors about cussing anyone who messes with the shrine. Might make my job easier.
0: Or maybe less exciting. Uh, Jaff chasing after a few hoodlums might uh, liven up the place.
1: <laughs> I don't want to have to make that trip up there again.
0: Fair enough. Well... I best be on my way, seeing as I have quite the track ahead of me. Was this more of an endurance thing, or am I going to have to roll some acrobatics checks? We can make it fun. No, I don't want to make it fun. I was just going to... I my mouth. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure. You Um, stumble off the cliff and fall to your intimate demise. Intimate? Intimate demise.
4: See? Yes, we can use intimate in so many different ways. Hello, everybody. This is Odette, invading the Gate Chronicles podcast to say you should listen to Sword Art Online. Thank you. That is my uh, my my ass talk. Goodbye. All right. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um. So Charles Smoot,
1: go ahead and roll uh, your acrobatics as you're walking up this uneven surface, and there is risk that you could lose your footing and die.
0: Absolutely not. Charles Smoot is immensely adept with a total of twenty in his acrobatics. Okay.
1: Charles Smoot. The first step you take with these. Now I get a roll for 400 more. I'm kidding. I'm
3: kidding. I'm
1: kidding. I'm kidding. Um, So Charles Smoot, you see the task that is ahead of you. It is frightening. But you are going to take it like a champion and you begin making your way up the long flight of stairs. And it does take you about 40 minutes climbing up the long stairway into the Red Mountains of Senai. You finally reach the last stair, 40 strenuous minutes later, finding yourself now standing before a wide crevice. You pass underneath of a smooth stone archway into an open air pavilion with stone pillars encircling the space while the sides of the mountain loom overhead. The blue cloth that you saw from the distance you see is draped between the pillars, billowing in the breeze. They partially shield you from the sun, which is a welcome experience after being beaten on by the heat and the rays. You feel a bit of sunburn on your right side in particular. At the furthest end from you, near a redstone wall, rests a crimson slab resting atop a pair of rectangularly cut rocks two metal braziers sit on either side light white smoke rising up into the sky atop the small shrine you note small burning sticks of incense and multiple wooden bowls sitting on top with dried fruits flower petals and a liquid that you can definitely just smell the sweet scent of wine wafting through the breeze Refracted light dances through several crystals which rest on pedestals surround the upper walls of the pavilion. Overall, the scene is like a reflection from the painting, though you do not see a strange shrouded figure at this
0: time. Trollsmoot will um make his way to see if he can find this etching that was described to have been vandalized into the walls.
1: Okay. Roll of perception.
0: Woo! 25 total for Charles Moon.
1: You spotted almost immediately a small carving of some sort in nearby the shrine. It's in the bottom corner. It's not very large, though. You can see it from where you're standing,
0: however. Is it anything distinguishable? A figure? A shape? A message?
1: You have a hard time making it out from the distance that you are standing. Do you get closer to it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then, Charles Smoot, as you begin approaching towards the shrine, you suddenly feel the faint sensation of someone touching your cheek, and a voice seems to whisper in your ear. I've been waiting for you. And you instinctively turn towards the sound of the voice, only to find a barren space. But as you turn back towards the shrine, you see a shrouded figure standing nearby. Their dark cloak covers them, but with the breeze, you occasionally catch the glimpse of their glowing green irises.
0: Charles Smoot will eagerly approach. And I have been looking for you.
1: The figure nods, but... How close do you approach?
0: It's within five, ten feet.
1: Okay. The figure responds. I know.
0: Is there a reason why we're only now meeting? If you are the individual who I think you are, and you're the person who made those paintings, it seems as if you've been watching us for quite some time.
1: The figure Seems to stand silent, not really offering much response.
0: Why is it that you wanted to meet now of all times?
1: You barely see it, but you swear you catch the glimpse of a faint smile. Also, could you roll perception check for me really quick?
0: No. Seven total. (laughs) It's It's a crit fail.
1: Yeah. You notice that this person seems to, sort of, smile a little bit. And then there's just a long moment of silence between you. Until they do speak up.
3: If you could change the past, would you? Would you cut the thread that binds you?
0: The thread that binds me to what? There are so many things that could be changed. So many mistakes which could be undaunted.
3: Then who are you willing to let suffer?
0: Ideally, we would fix the suffering by changing the past, wouldn't we?
3: The world needs balance. Take something from it, then it will take something from you. Will everyone be happy when everything is over?
0: Like you said, whenever you take something, something's taken of you. I can't say that everyone will be happy, but... Maybe at least things will be put right.
3: What are you willing to sacrifice for your goals?
0: If it means getting back to my family, and getting back all of those that all of us lost. Kelsey, David. this whole damn world could burn for all I care. This isn't where I belong. This isn't where any of us belong. We signed up for a 10-day sleep study not to be locked in some glass coffin for 10 millennia?
3: If that is your answer, can I give you the key.
1: And the figure gestures towards the side of the shrine. Just in an area, but you don't really see anything there.
0: What key? The, the key to what? How does this explain any of the questions? Who's Oros? What did they want from us? How do we get back?
3: Effect of the Red Crown. It is yours to do with as you will. But remember every choice you make as a cost. Who are you willing to let suffer?
0: Charles Moot will. Did you say he vanished? They vanished?
1: They did not vanish.
0: They're still there? Charles Smoot will. Run over to the direction of where the individual is pointing and gesturing to a key. All
1: right. Call a perception check.
0: Hopefully better than the last one. Question mark? Yes. Uh, 19 total for Charles Smith.
1: You notice that there is a small hole in the stone. H- how small? You run over to the spot, and you see that there is a hole carved into the stone just behind the shrine. Somewhere you would not have noticed. But it's odd seeing that it's almost in the same place where the etching was, which you no longer see.
0: How big is this hole?
1: It is large enough for a hand to fit through.
0: Well, that's clearly obvious. Who knows, maybe I have to sacrifice my left arm. Uh, but um, Charles Smoot will put his... That's weird, yeah. Charles Smoot will reach in with his non-dominant hand, seeing as he has his watch on his other hand, and he doesn't want to ruin that potentially. He would reach in with his right arm.
1: So, um, Charles, you reach your hand in, and after a few moments of moving around, you feel your hand come into contact with something metallic.
0: Charles Smoot will attempt to grab it and withdraw it from this weird chamber inside the shrine.
1: With some difficulty, you, you do grab it, but your hand kind of gets a little stuck. So as you pull it out, your knuckles get scraped. But you look at the piece in your hand, a strange triangular-looking object made of a solid metal, sort of a dirty bronze color. But there are no strange markings on it other than a few raised
3: ridges.
0: Is, is this the artifact?
3: give you the key. Now you must find the artifact. Where do I
0: start looking? Well, who, who do I even ask about this? Last time I started blabbing and one of my friends ended up in a test tube.
3: Find the artifact of the Red
1: Crown. The figure looks at you for a moment longer as you stare at this piece in your hand, and you for some reason feel the, just this sensation of hesitation. you hear their voice say, Charles, I... before they disappear and vanish.
0: Uh, With that, Charles Smoot would have nothing left to do as this was the last definitive location to go to. And once again, though, he has some answers and a new directive of sorts... He's left once again with a lot of questions. So he would just have nothing else to do for now except regroup back at the back at the Gray's Manor. Or Gray's estate, whatever you want to call it.
1: It all works.
0: He would have to make his way down
1: forty minutes of stairs Your legs are very tired. Cardio. Charles Smoot, you see that the sun has risen to a point where you realize You'll probably be a little late to the meeting, but... This was slightly meeting?
0: more important. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: But you sit down for a moment, contemplating what just happened. Why you? Why all of this? What are those questions the GM asked? You know, metagamey stuff, I guess. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. What's this artifact of the Red Crown? What does it have to do with our connection to Oros? How's this the key to anything? It's a weird triangle. Where does he even expect me to go? What does he mean people are going to have to suffer? I just want to get us back to where we're supposed to be.
1: Hmm. I liked those words. If you take something from the Earth, it takes something back.
0: Well, thankfully I'm not in this alone. And maybe someone will have an idea of what to do next. So Charles we will just get up. Best himself on, and begin on the long, arduous trek ahead.
1: And you both, at some point, return back to the Grey's estate. And, again, despite your strange occurrences that have happened during the day, you find yourselves, one of you, in a very cheerful mood. Despite the odd situation of being mugged, potentially, the other as always, left with more questions, and he's getting more frustrated with the GM by the day.
0: Definitely a lot more Smoot than Charles right now.
1: Well, uh, Smoot, you uh, return to the Gray's estate, and so does Finavir. at this point. You were there for a little bit before the actual event occurred, Finavir. you You arrived right as Valen comes out from the front. Where have you been? Finnevere.
2: Well, uh, finding some very excellent news, uh, not the one, not the news we were looking for, but very excellent news, uh, it might be better if I, uh, go over the details when we can get everyone together, uh, Smoot and Kelsey, but, uh, very exciting.
1: Alright, well, Finnevere, if you didn't know where to go, you've been gone for three hours.
2: That I have. And, uh, believe you me, this was the quickest route, uh, possible.
1: What do you mean the quickest route? All you had to do was go down the main stair, and then from there, you turn left at the market. It was literally right there.
2: Is there anyone else with an earshot of this conversation?
1: Uh, you only see Kelsey get, like, started and come outside, but that's about it.
2: It's a story. Uh, I I suppose it can't wait.
1: Um... we do not have time for this. My cousin is going to be here soon, and honestly, you need to change now.
2: All right. I'll freshen up and be right out. It won't be three hours this time. Promise.
1: (laughs) Vinavir, you've been gone for a set amount of time. I don't know how much time has passed because I don't have a watch. But are you okay? Is everything good?
2: Well, I'm probably the best I've been in a very long time. Uh...
3: Oh, God. He's uh he's probably
1: drunk. Oh god.
2: I, I, I go up to her and approach her. Too excited. I I think I found my family.
1: She gets wide eyed at that. Oh. Well that's amazing, Finnevere.
2: Huh. Well, if I knew they were well, close enough to Tape, I would have said it a long time ago. But uh I was hoping to go over the details when Smoot came back.
1: Mr. Smoot's already here. That's why we were getting worried. Uh, Valen, how long was he gone? Three hours. Four? I don't know anymore. Some voice in my head keeps telling me it was three, but I know it's four. All
2: right. Well, if Smoot's getting ready, I'll freshen up as well. We'll get everyone together and explain everything that happened.
1: All right. Um, this is very wonderful news. I I won't tell anyone. That's yours to share. I'm so happy for you, Finn. She gives you a big hug.
2: I hug her back. And uh, n- unsure what to do with myself, I just excitedly kind of walk off towards where I'm supposed to go. Uh, While hugging back her at... still,
1: not kidding. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Gotta go freshen up.
1: All right. So, Finnavir, you go and begin cleaning yourself up. You do find that your equipment has been left in your room for you.
2: Excellent. It's a joyous day. I think I will apply one of my few uses of perfume. Okay. Uh, freshen up as best as I can.
1: All right, uh, sounds good.
2: Brush the hair. I, I don't think Fenivir can grow facial hair, so uh, shaving isn't really. He's it.
1: got some scruff on the bottom. Oh he, oh, he
2: can get scruff. Okay, so yeah, that will have to be cleaned up as well, huh?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty patchy like little thing.
2: All right, no, 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 nothing but the cleanest shaves and such. Uh, if he doesn't know how to do that, he get help.
1: All right, <laughs> they can't help that. It's too late for him. Um, So, you all have freshened up. And Charles, you make your way outside. You see, as Kelsey and Valen are conversing with C. into in in the garden in the back. um, Meanwhile, you see as Gratin is sort of pacing around the garden on her own, uh, seemingly reading a letter of her own. But you do not see Byron anywhere.
0: Charles Smoot would just make his way over to Valen, then.
1: Okay. My dear boy, I would love it if you would just wear this, this, for, for your mommy, please, my dear.
0: Mother. Charles Smoot examines what she's trying to get him to wear.
1: It's a beret. It's like a little hair clip. I think you would look adorable on you. Mother, I'm not a child anymore. I will not put that in my hair.
0: I don't know, Valen, I think you'd look quite dashing.
1: I think it would be really funny. I agree, of course, Balin. Do it for the humor, my boy. He looks defeated.
0: I mean, come on, wouldn't you pay to see what Kelsey thinks of it?
1: He looks confused by that statement, not sure how to react. A little shocked. Why would he pay? I don't need anyone to pay for my... Just, Lady Samoira, if you don't mind. She hands over the clip which she immediately just puts in Valen's hair while he is currently just
3: overwhelmed. <clears throat> oh,
0: look at that. Amazing. It's so good, Valen. Oh yeah. The picture of royalty.
1: You just see as, if th- if this was an anime moment like Seimora like fangirl mom just like oh my cute boy. Oh, like that kind of moment thing. Yeah.
0: Quite an amazing son you have there.
1: She, Her eyes immediately light up. Yes, I know he is. Tell me more.
0: Charles Moot would wax poetic about all of his uh, amazing deeds uh, on, on our adventures.
1: I, I, this mom's personality was originally supposed to be a bit more reserved, but I'm like, nah, this is more She's fun. An
0: absolute fangirl for her own son, as all moms should be. Uh, many reserved people have a weak spot.
1: Her weak spot, it was 100% her son, but yeah. She's definitely the one that keeps having paintings done of him and just like... Uh.
0: But if, uh, Valen, you weren't too mortified. Uh, there was something I kind of wanted to talk to your dad about. Uh,
3: what is it?
0: Uh, business proposal? Business proposal. We'll go with business proposal.
1: He raises an eyebrow, looking at you questioningly. All right. And he begins walking towards the main house. I believe he's in his study. Come on.
0: All right, cool. Charles Moot will make off with Valen. Uh, Having to head to his room to pick up some of the ore. Okay. I think, yeah, he wouldn't have his bag. Did did they lay out, like, nicer clothes for Charles Smoot if they had anything in his size? Or is he wearing, he's just wearing a white t-shirt, black jeans?
1: Whatever you had was, whatever you left behind was cleaned.
0: Nice. So it is a very white t-shirt, but it's a white t-shirt and black jeans. Cool. Yeah. Uh-oh. They
1: they tried to find you something. It, it did not work Didn't out. Finnavier, you at least were lent a part of a suit at the very least.
2: Oh, how generous! Oh, dang! Finn gets a suit. Oh, wait,
0: hold on.
1: It's lent. It's a lent suit.
0: I gets to wear a suit.
1: You walk out carrying an ore in your hand. Yeah,
0: just a couple. Like, oh, how, how big are they? They're like you said. they were like fist oh, yeah, size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would keep a few. Okay, yeah.
1: my fist size. Okay,
0: so yeah, he Charles Moo could definitely fit like two or three of them in his hand.
1: Okay you walk out and you see valen standing there just waiting for you tapping his foot still has the barrette in his hair he forgot it's there
0: i'm not going to mention it and see how long it stays there
3: okay
1: (laughs) all right so
0: fellsmoot will make his way led by valen to lord byron's study
1: okay he leads you up onto the second floor to a room in the east wing Okay. Which seems to overlook the city. Very nice. And he enters in after knocking on the door. And you see that Byron is currently just at a table. He is organizing some papers or parchment that he has there. Go ahead and roll a perception check.
0: Another seven for Charles Smith's perception.
1: As you walk into the room, you notice that there are a myriad of weapons sort of hanging on the walls in a decorative fashion. There are ornamentations all over these weapons. Some of them you've never seen before, others you're very familiar with. And you see on his table are what appears to be a few schematics for these things. Father, you have a moment. He looks up from his desk. Ah, yes. Good
3: afternoon.
0: Good afternoon, uh, Lord Byron. Thank you for seeing me even if only for a moment. Uh, I heard from Balin has neglected to mention many things about his family. I didn't know that you were such an esteemed uh, in the metallurgy business producing and manufacturing weapons.
1: His neutral face sort of goes into like a partial smile as if uh, knowing and understanding what you're talking about. Ah, yes, of course. So, what is it that I can assist you with
0: uh, potentially a very uh, interesting uh, business proposal of sorts, I suppose. I kind of just wanted to talk about it more um, casually during the uh, the get-together, but I didn't know if you would be too busy. In my travels, I've come across a very particular ore of sorts. It seems to be very lightweight and heat-resistant. The latter part of that uh, quality, making it rather difficult to work with, but its properties could be potentially beneficial if ever worked into any weaponry.
1: His interest seems piqued and he gestures to his table.
0: Charles Smoot will walk forward and kind of present one of the uh, the chunks of ore. This ore is um, actually a meteorite. Some debris fallen from the sky, if you would. But uh, also luckily... Uh, seeing as most people just think it's a rock, most of these are honestly just discarded and thrown away, completely discounted. So if it did turn out to be a very valuable ore, there's potentially a an untapped, uh, metaphorical gold mine of things that people would discard, which you could reuse and sell for profit.
4: He
1: looks at it and reaches out as if to pick it up.
0: Charles will gladly hand it to him.
1: All right. He takes it from you and feels the weight in his hand, seeming to then examine it. What makes you say, make for a good material then?
0: Well, it's lightweight, highly durable if it entered through Earth's atmosphere. There's a lot of friction, a lot of heat buildup, so it's very heat-resistant as well. I mean, imagine if you could have something as strong and as durable as your standard sword, but it weighed half as much. If you could make armor out of this, your troops could grow less fatigued.
1: He listens intently to your explanation. Yes, but see, there's the problem there. He gestures. The heat. If it takes so much when it falls into our plane of existence, I don't know if, if we can get a bonus hot enough
3: to smelt it.
0: Which is why I came to you, seeing as you would be the expert and I was told you have many talented blacksmiths. I know not yet if the cost is worth the reward, but you never know unless you try. I figured experimenting with it might be a worthwhile venture. See if anything could be made of it.
1: Roll diplomacy.
0: Fifteen for Charles Smoot's diplomacy?
1: Let me think on it, then. Perhaps we can discuss this another time. Very well. And he gestures with his head, Seems our guests are here.
0: Oh, then by all means, let's do greet them.
1: He stands up and begins making his way outside. So, you guys make your way outside. Finavir, you are already out there, sort of getting ready to receive these people. Both, we make a reception check.
2: Twenty for Charles Smoot, a twenty-three for Finn. Okay.
1: As you are waiting in the garden, observing the waterfall that is pouring into a small lake nearby you hear a voice that catches your attention you see a well-built man dressed in a decorated uniform along with a blue cape fastened to his shoulders. apart from his stern set features and a mocking smirk on his face what stands out most is his hair similar to valen's dark white but it is neatly combed back and cropped on the sides he does not appear to be very old, perhaps in his later 20s. But, Penavir, you hear this man comment, and it's what causes you to turn around to see this. Huh. Cousin, I didn't think it had it in you to wear that. <laughs> Valen immediately reaches up to his hair and grasps at the beret, realizing it's there, and sighs in defeat and takes it down.
0: Oh, he takes it off?
1: No, he leaves it all. He takes okay. his hand down. Yeah. Of course, cousin. It's all the rage nowadays. I don't see why you're not wearing one.
0: Only a man truly confident in his masculinity is capable of wearing such a beautiful decoration.
1: Oh, Desmond, do be kinder to your cousin. Another voice speaks up. You see, it is a young woman. She appears to be related potentially this man's younger sister, Desmond, as he was referred to. She's very beautiful and carries herself with dignity. She has long, wavy gray hair. And in a similar manner, she has a partial smirk on her face as she walks, carrying a small child on her hip, who appears very similar to her with grayish hair, a little bit shorter probably no older than the age of six. Simoira very excitedly rushes over past you, Finevere.
3: Oh, it is so good to
1: see you, Anna. And hello, little Belle. Hello, Auntie. We are so glad that you invited us over. Come now, Belle. And she places her down on the ground, the little girl, who then looks around very excitedly at all the people. And she begins running towards Valen. Uncle Valen, I lost my tooth. And she just points and opens her mouth, and you see all of you who are nearby. It would be Charles Smoot. Phinevere, uh, you could begin making your way over there if you choose to do so. But Charles Smoot, you see as this little girl opens her mouth and she points to an empty space in the front of her mouth. He, Valen, sort of leans down a bit. Oh, of course, I see you lost your tooth. That's
0: interesting. That's an accomplishment, Valen. Come on, give kudos. Isn't that why you got her the gift? And he points at the bow on his head. You're keeping it warm for her, right?
1: You hear a kind of scoffing laugh. (laughs) Was it all a lie, dear cousin? (sighs) Valen sighs, takes the barrette off his head, and hands it to Belle, who looks at it very excitedly. Ah!
4: It's the wedding! She rushes over to you, Charles. Help me put it on, servant.
0: Oh. Oh, yeah, I'll tolerate that. You're just too cute to not. All right, as you wish, my lady. Charles Moot will kneel down and take the little barrette and put it in her hair.
1: My dear little Belle, you look ravishing. Thank you, sir. And she looks you up and down. This is Anna. She looks you up and down, her hand over her chest in a very defensive way. And who might
3: you be?
0: A traveling compatriot of Valen's. Yeah, his less refined but equally as experienced combatant half. You
1: hear a chuckle from nearby. (laughs) Of course, Valen was never very good at combat. And this man, Desmond, looks over at you. He approaches to you to size you up, though you are standing on the stairs. You sort of dwarf him as a
0: result. I would step down the stairs. I, I understand a challenge when it approaches. I would want to be on evil, even footing with the individual that I am about to pummel for a captainship of the guard, yeah.
1: He is relatively large, though he is still smaller than you as you stand at six foot six. You are a giant among men. But he still towers a good bit over the rest himself at around six foot two. <laughs> you look like you fare well in a fight, sir. As do you. I'd love to test my mettle against yours at some point.
0: It would be an honor, I hear you're a quite well-decorated officer.
1: Valen sort of steps up to both of you, though he is smaller in comparison. Desmond, would you please not start a fight as soon as you get
3: to the manor?
0: It wasn't a fight, just a very uh, friendly conversation. Wouldn't you like to see the outcome of such an event?
3: Charles, please do not.
0: What could possibly go wrong? This is just a a pleasant family get together out in the garden, right?
1: You see, as this sort of wicked smirk just appears on Desmond's face, it's dark and disturbing. Come now, gentlemen. Let's just have a chat in the garden and enjoy the luncheon. This is a very rare time for this family. Right. She scoops up her child and begins making her way over towards a nice picnicking area in the garden.
2: As we make our way over there, Charles smoot will gesture
0: after you.
1: <laughs> Desmond looks towards where you're gesturing, but then he looks back. Fortunately, I can't stay long. I have some business to attend to. Valen, he gestures with his head as if he needs to talk with him.
0: I suppose then our bout will have to wait for another
2: time. Uh, I go up and go, <coughs> next to Smoot. Watch it.
1: Samoira, hearing this, does get a bit upset. Oh, it's a shame you can't stay for a while. We haven't seen you at all today. Or Zon, like the past few weeks. Apologies, auntie. But these sort of things are better for you women. Balen, come on.
2: Now you listen, Spoot. If you fight him, you pull your
0: punches. Why would I do that? He (laughs) looks like he can take a
2: punch. Although you've been very impressive since you've come here, I'll I'll give you
0: that. You do not exercise restraint very well. Well, no, I've exercised a lot of restraint, but now all of it's pent up inside of me.
2: Uh, Yes, I would not want to cause an international incident for you to get, uh... (sighs) so motivated in the heat of battle.
1: Byron kind of, like, clears his throat. course, <clears throat> gentlemen, it is fine if you have this conversation here, but I'm going to be making my way towards the garden. You feel free to join us when you have the opportunity. Very well, sir. Kelsey kind of pops up from behind you guys. Uh, so, that's Desmond, right? Yeah. That's the guy who's looking into Cece's whereabouts.
0: Sure.
3: I may go and Try and listen in.
0: He looks like he's kind of busy and talking about business and why he has to leave soon. Maybe catch him before he leaves when he's not talking to someone?
1: No, 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 no. What if he's talking about Cece right now and we're missing out on it?
0: I mean, listen, I didn't train with your uncle David, so I don't know how to stealth in and be quiet and observe people.
1: Oh, speaking of which, did you see David at the Merchants Guild?
2: Uh, actually, I did not. I can huh. say it was there very long.
1: He's been very busy. Apparently, he has been pretty much favored by a lot of the people that have met him. He's been doing really well.
2: That's great. Who knows what he's been doing with that paperclip of his?
1: Oh, it's not a paperclip anymore. I'm pretty sure he's up to his own mansion by now. I
2: was about to say, he turned it into a house. Starting to rethink where I'm getting my merchanting training from. Uh,
1: <clears throat> well, I'm going to go and see if I can maybe. Um,. Listen in on their conversation.
0: Well, if uh, all three of us nonchalantly walk very, very close to them having our own conversation, we can maybe hear what they're saying.
1: I see absolutely nothing wrong with that.
0: All right, let's do it. And we just all start shuffling? Unless Jaden has <laughs> something to say yeah,
2: about this? Yeah, no, 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 we'll go along with it. It's yeah. never been wrong before.
0: A leisurely stroll in the general direction, attempting to perception and see what's being said.
1: Okay, go ahead and uh, roll your perceptions.
0: Twenty six
2: total for Charles Smoot. And twenty-four for Finnivir. Roll and (laughs) Hunt,
0: the first natural crit to balance out the negative crits.
1: Okay. I decided it matters. You guys did both. You both did well. So you guys begin sort of like Couple walking their way over, mm-hmm. trying to be nonchalant.
0: Yeah, it's and very chalant, Nobody though. rolled
1: stealth, so it's kind of like a very obvious attempt, but they seem to be off to the side of the mansion, having this conversation where they can't really see you, but you hear the following. There's been no sight of the girl or the man. No news, nothing. Are you sure they were even in town railing? otherwise, it seems like we're chasing ghosts. Yes, Desmond, I'm sure I know who is with me when I was traveling. Well, unfortunately, I can't keep watching for these people. Not for this long. They're probably gone by now. So, I'm going to have to call it off. Unless you have some other evidence. That's all I can do. Anyway. He seems to pause for a moment. It's a very long and awkward silence between the two before valen responds of course thank you desmond i know this wasn't exactly easy for you but it does mean a lot to me so perhaps we can put some of the things we've had go on behind us you just hear a sort of (laughs) scoff. just because i'm helping you this time doesn't mean it solved the
3: problem valen
1: And you just hear as heavy footsteps begin approaching towards you from the side of the house, as if one of them is beginning to exit.
0: Phil Smith starts nonchalantly whistling.
1: Yes, nonchalant whistling. Yeah. Kelsey nonchalantly starts coughing and sneezing.
0: Oh, allergies this time of year. I mean, the (gasps) pollen count's so high. Oh, it's
3: so bad.
0: I know, it's terrible. We had to get away from all the food so you didn't sneeze on it.
3: (gasps) Oh, I could have died. You
0: could have died. Thanks,
3: Dad.
0: You're so welcome, daughter.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It's getting worse. Meanwhile, Finnevere is just like, what are you two doing? Desmond approaches from, are you going to say something, Finn?
2: Uh I was, but it's too late. No, you can I, do something. I was going to try to finish it, like, act like if I'm finishing a joke. And that's when I said, with friends like these, who needs an enemy?
1: Uh, my favorite part about all this is you all are doing completely different, different
0: things,
2: things. <laughs> yeah it's good it's good. Uh, good times
1: Desmond walks out as you finish your joke and he just kind of like looks at you all I think your uh, your pups need some attention too
0: oh Desmond didn't see you there
3: right well it's a pleasure to meet you unfortunately I must leave now
1: and he brushes past you.
0: Perfectly fine. Tossman has no problem with this.
1: Valen slowly saunters out, sighing. You know, all of you are really bad at not being obvious.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm six foot six, 280 pounds.
3: Every single one of you was just a smoot at that moment in time.
2: Uh, I believe that would be an accurate uh,
0: assessment of the event. I mean, hey, we got to figure out what we wanted to figure out, so, I mean, eh? Hey, it you know, all works out. That's how smootin' goes.
3: I don't know.
1: Desmond, he's good at his job, but something wasn't right there.
0: What do you mean? What was it? What was off? All we heard is that he just wasn't able to find anything about Cece.
2: Well, if he needed proof, I found something. It's not much, but I did find something when I was out.
0: What did you
1: find?
2: I found this. And he takes very carefully out uh, the piece of paper that's uh, that all that can be made out, and it says uh, what of the quarry? I explained that it was found burnt in the fire, and I actually did find where they were staying.
1: Okay, Fenevere, as you begin to gingerly pull out this paper, you feel only scraps of it start coming out, and you recall that in your haste to hide it, from Miss So You specifically said You shoved it into your pocket
2: I did say that
1: That's
3: a um, bunt Piece of paper a-, a crumb of it, of that Do you have anything else?
2: Unfortunately, no I know that they were there They, had, they escaped out the window And apparently paid off uh, The front desk To keep things hush hush
1: So you found where they were staying then? I did. It's not enough to go on. Especially not based on your word of a note. He looks slightly disappointed. Fortunately, you destroyed whatever evidence you had. (sighs) Damn.
2: Would have meant much if it were intact.
1: At the very least, I could have showed it to him, or you could have showed it to him. Because then we might have had indication of kidnapping. But it's odd. I don't understand... I know he saw her. He was there at the ball.
0: You don't think it's possible that Desmond could be in on it, do you?
1: Valen just stares blankly, silently, and you just see like his brow furrow in a sort of angry manner.
3: It's possible.
1: We don't exactly get along, and he would pretty much do anything if it would mean that uh, that it could affect my candidacy for the throne. He is the other candidate, and he has the military backing.
0: How would anything to do with C.C. affect your candidacy for the throne?
1: <sighs> I believe that C.C. is whatever remains of the... Or, if she's still around, may be what remains of essentially the nobles of Taija. There was a purge ten years ago. I'm assuming none of you know about that?
0: I vaguely remember Kelsey saying something in her very convincing German accent.
1: Thank you. That was a very, very hard a thing Very to good do. performance. Yeah. I should be a ventriloquist.
0: A voice actor? I don't think it's ventriloquy.
1: No, yeah. I threw my voice pretty far. It was like back in
3: time.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Amazing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I what's, but still,
0: i I'm, I'm, I'm still confused. What is her being a Tigerian noble have to do with your candidacy for the throne
1: he sighs heavily and seems to be searching for words it oh hmm what this makes things a bit more awkward um, he just kind of blinks and stares off to the side as he says this at one point we
0: were betrothed Charles Smoot would have Literally double over, smacking his leg, and begin laughing out loud, as loud as he can. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, Valen.
3: It's not a joke.
0: <laughs> you mean to tell me that you were supposed to marry her?
3: Mr.
2: Smoot, an ounce of decorum, if you would.
1: Mr. Smoot? She, you feel as you get kicked in the leg. Oh, what, what, what? <clears throat> you can tell Kelsey appears annoyed.
0: I'm just saying it's very serendipitous.
1: Yes,
3: I know that's why I was asking you all those questions.
0: So it was about a marriage proposal.
3: Yes, sort of he kind of blushes a little bit
1: but not not entirely. It kind of fades really quickly.
2: Uh, so you didn't know before, but now this all but seals it.
3: Yes. well uh,
2: it doesn't as much matter now gotta find a way forward. but if she's gone. If her and John left the country, then we're out of
0: options. Well, if her and John left the country, then who's to say that she was ever here in the first place? Like you said, so that really wouldn't hurt your candidacy. Then again, if he's lying and is then going to present her very publicly before he's like, you're about to uh, become heir to the throne or whatever, that could then probably yeah cause some problems.
3: That,
1: or he uses her as a pawn of some sort, blackmail in general
0: I mean what do you want to do just search all of Desmond's facilities see if she's being held captive somewhere
3: well we can always just start with the more likely candidates for kidnapping
0: like the red guard
1: he sort of raises an eyebrow as if indicating yes but he's not saying it out loud
0: are they even still in town I haven't seen too much of them granted there's a lot more people here than I'm usually used to
3: yes
1: they're still here but apparently they'll be leaving tomorrow
0: Oh, then we don't have time to waste. We I mean, need to blow this popsicle stand. Screw these finger sandwiches.
1: But if we're wrong and we do something stupid, if we do something stupid in general, we could
3: start an entire war.
0: No, 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 no. That's the beauty of the situation, Valen. You don't have to do anything. And that means that there is no interpolitical conflict. We, Charles gesture to Finnevere and Cece, are completely unaffiliated third party. Mm. With no Mm. political allegiances or ties. (laughs) Been
2: looking increasingly more more uncomfortable with that statement. (laughs) And if
0: we do get in trouble, all you have to do is deny that you ever knew us.
1: He looks at you, sort of surprised, but then shakes his head.
3: (sighs) No. If she is there with the Red God, I have a responsibility as her betrothed to at least attempt to retrieve her.
0: All right, but if she isn't there and things go south, I need you to skedaddle your way out of there as fast as you can. Fine by me. All right, well then.
1: What say you, Kelsey, Finn? I have absolutely no idea what's going on anymore.
2: Oh, if you think that there's even a fraction of a plausible chance, I think we should take it.
3: The only thing we might need to at least make it reasonable to find
1: an actual piece of evidence. If we present that to Desmond, he would have to act.
0: No, as you're still trying to go this political route, I was thinking more like finger sandwiches by day, vigilantes by night. We just sneak into the camp and just, like, beat them all up.
3: I don't think that's going to be possible.
0: Charles? How many people could there possibly be? I mean, you could at least take three of them.
1: He gestures up towards the castle.
0: Oh, oh, I, I see. Yeah, maybe brute force isn't.
1: I At least even if Desmond is involved If enough evidence is presented At least before the king He would be forced to act
0: Can you do any weird like Smoot is significantly quiet about this Weird <laughs> voodoo magic on the piece of paper
2: hey, Finn's coughing over his uh, his, uh, his murmurs Knowing what he's trying to say here uh, Actually I was thinking uh I had a very similar thought uh, Excuse th- me
1: The little girl is now standing In between the circle of your group somehow
0: Ah, Belle, oh. you are very excused. What are you all talking about? It's
4: really interesting uh, How much of
0: it did you hear? All of it uh, You see, we are playing A very advanced adult game Of hide and seek And we are struggling to find our friend
4: I Bob, hide and seek It's my favorite game. Do you want to play with me?
0: Oh, unfortunately, like I said, we're currently in the middle of a game and your uncle Desmond is not being very much help. Oh,
4: Uncle Desmond's really mean.
0: Yeah, a bit of a stick in the mud. I got that.
4: Yeah, and he hurts his wife a lot, too. He He hurts his wife a lot.
2: Oh, uh, that's not very uh, gentleman-like. Hmm, you mentioned playing a game.
4: Yeah, we could could play paddle and tie him up.
0: (sighs) What is this child seeing? Valen, I'm not quite sure uh, how your uh, brother handles things on his side of the family, but uh, I don't think it's a real wholesome family environment. Brother? Or cousin, whatever it is.
3: Yes, cousin. No, I would never
4: have a brother like that. Oh, God. uh, I heard Mommy telling the servants that, that... Auntie Eilis doesn't like him very much. And that's where she thinks that he hearts are really bad. Children.
0: They say what? the darndest things.
4: Is, is that what it's like when when people take little kids?
0: Ailyn, <laughs> <laughs> can, can you translate what she's trying to say?
1: I have absolutely no idea. Then
0: you're good with words. You want to try talking to the little girl? Hmm.
1: Well,
2: perhaps we should meet up and discuss uh, in uh, more private later after the party.
4: Oh, can, can I meet up with you after the party?
2: But well, we have a... Uh, but you and I are going to play a game right now. Isn't <gasps> that what you wanted? Yeah, You said I your do. favorite game, didn't you say? Yeah,
4: saying? I do. Yeah. hide-and-seek, tag, tie me up and paddle. Oh,
2: I no, no, know. no, no. Hide-and-seek. You said that was your favorite. <coughs> All <laughs> right. <laughs> How about this? Uh we set the boundaries we flip a coin heads you see. tails I see.
4: one two three you're it let's go
0: Blast! wow you just got outsmarted by a child with a lisp
2: you have to the count of 15 one two she's gone man. can she even count that high
3: I she's six
2: look hopefully a game or two or distract her she might forget enough about this
3: yes I've I hope that she doesn't mention anything to Anna. She also doesn't like me. That side of the family does not like any of us.
0: Uh, is it maybe because uh, you're in line and probably in front of Desmond to be king and more favored by the king for, to be the next heir?
1: Yeah, that would be it.
0: Yeah, that definitely does tend to be it, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: All right. I'll catch up with you later. Yeah, you've got children's games to play. Well, apparently I do. Best of luck, Venomir. Don't right. lose to a six-year-old. Fourteen,
0: fifteen.
1: And in that scene... We just fade out. And that is where we're going to end off this week's episode of the Gage Con.
0: Oh, yeah, those. the most important part playing tag with
2: six year olds. Next time we find out did Finevere win the game of hide and seek? He totally
1: lost.
0: I believe it. Oh, she's too nimble. Blast.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: What level is she?
1: <laughs> the highest level bard you could ever be. Oh! Thank you, Foundlings, for sticking through another episode of The Gage Chronicles. We're so glad that you joined us for that chaos. A lot happened in today's episode, but of course, I always leave you, uh, at least my players, with more questions than answers, and that is their least favorite time, but apparently I enjoy it. That's why I keep running it this way. Who knows? Maybe I'm cruel. uh, Doesn't matter. I don't know. Anyway, as always, again, as I said, thank you for listening and make sure you're staying up to date with all of the latest releases by making sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Well, y- in you know, that button that you click in whatever podcast listening app that you're on, you click a button it says subscribe or like follow. Make sure you're doing that so you can keep up to date with all the releases of episodes. Additionally, if you want to support the podcast, there's a few ways you can do so. Go to our website and pick up some merchandise or even, you know, go to our Patreon, donate to the podcast directly and help us with like the back end of things. And then we shout out your name, like Ashley and Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Or as always, leave a rating and a review on whatever podcast listening app that you're on, because that helps a lot of other people discover and determine if they want to listen to us. Really, believe it or not, your words do matter. And as always, I want to give a big thank you and shout out to Michael Galfi, Will Savino with Music D20, Yvonne Dutch, as well as Kevin McLeod for letting us use their music and ambiance in today's episode. We are so grateful to them for creating such amazing pieces and we highly recommend that you check them out. All their links are in the descriptions below. And as always, make sure you're following us on our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram at RollFound so you can keep up to date on any announcements that we are going to be making. Join us in our Discord where we chat, we hang out, and we play games like Dead by Daylight, Minecraft, all that kind of stuff. That link is at our link tree in the link below. Yeah, I said it. All right, foundlings, we'll see you again next, next week on The Gage Chronicles.
3: Bye-bye. Bye.